welcome to What's a Beautiful Life Anyway. I'm your host, Jill Bennett. This is the channel that shares ideas to help you live your best life, because life can be beautiful if you live consciously. Welcome to this week's edition of What's a Beautiful Life Anyway. Karen Dark is one of the most beautiful souls I know and who I'm honoured to call a friend. And she's my guest on today's episode. Welcome, Karen. Oh, bless you, Jill. Thank you. Oh, it's <laughs> We've been so lovely to have you. while. Finally, we're here. I know, I know. We have been planning this for ages, haven't we? Let me tell everyone a little bit about you. So Karen started her working life as a geologist in the Bolivian Andes. Excited. How, how did I not get an exciting career like this? Researching gold. But a life-changing accident left her paralysed from the chest down. And so she moved away from being a rock doctor to exploring both outside and within. And Karen loves to discover and to find ways to align your mind, body and spirit to do extraordinary things. And Karen's done plenty of them. This She's done things like skiing across ice caps, kayaking at extreme latitudes of the planet and hand cycling the world's biggest mountain ranges and longest rivers. And we can't have Karen on without mentioning that she's also a Paralympian and have, uh, won a silver in um, 2012 in London and a gold in Rio in 2016. 16. Yeah, I was trying to add my fours up. Um, so yeah, today I could talk about talk to Karen for hours about all sorts of things because there's so many things we have in common. But today we're talking about Karen's next adventure. Karen, what are you launching on Wednesday? So this is a project which is a long time in the making. It's been in my maybe in my mind and in my heart for about a decade. So it's the pole of possibility. I had this idea to create a new sort of symbol of possibility for all of us, what we can do when we align our mind and our heart and we get a great group of people together and we just kind of overcome some of the, you know, the, the, the difficult stuff that we can get stuck in and what we can actually do both individually and collectively when we, when we do that. So this is a point in Antarctica and it's in a very random, not a random place, a very special place where nobody has ever been and possibly never will. It's the intersection of 79 degrees south with 79 degrees um, latitude and longitude in Antarctica. So we're going to this point to create the pole of possibility. Yeah, there's a team of three of us. It's a very small team. Myself, um, I obviously can't walk. So I'm trying out some new technology, a sit ski and a special all-terrain hand bike with huge big fat wheels on it and I'm going with a friend who's a professor of environmental geography so we're doing some research into the value of nature and with a filmmaker to help capture the story and our insights and ideas around all of these topics. We're, we're talking about creating more ice so ice stands for inner gold connection and enabling environment really encouraging everybody to to think about how they could do that for themselves. Amazing, amazing. And we'll go into those in a bit more detail in a minute, because to live your best and most beautiful life, you need to 
know this possibility, don't you? And you need to get in touch with your own inner gold. We know that no one can make us happy. We really have to rely on ourselves. We have to dig within if we're not happy. And you're such an amazing example of that, Karen. But before we move on, tell us um, how could people join in on Wednesday? Um, There is a link on Eventbrite to register at. So if I guess if people go to Eventbrite and search for the poll of possibility, hopefully they would find it. And maybe you can put a link in the show notes as well. Yeah. So it's 4 p.m. on Wednesday, the 16th of November. It'll just be an hour online. And we just want to encourage as many people from all corners and areas of life to be there just to have their thinking provoked, maybe enjoy listening to some interesting speakers. We've got speakers talking to these topics of inner gold connection and environment. And then our professor talking about Antarctica and some of the really special things about this continent and its fragility and obviously the um, the impact that we all need to start thinking about in terms of our own impact on the planet. And so not just living with more kind of inner gold inside of us, but in those environments around us and really appreciating each other, appreciating nature and looking after all of these things. Yeah. It's very, very um, important, isn't it? And I also want to say here, I will, of course, put a link in the show notes, but I will also put a link to your fundraising page. So if anyone can dig deep, even if it's five pounds, please, please, please get on that fundraising page and make a donation to this amazing expedition. Thank you so much, Jill. That's really kind of you. And the fundraising is going towards making the film. So um, well, actually, some it's helping our filmmaker be there and be with us and telling the story. And then um, if there are some excess funds, they'll be used to to create the film, because what's really important to us is sharing this journey with other people. We feel really privileged to get to be going to Antarctica. It's such a fragile and remote place. Obviously, not everybody wants to go there because it's quite extreme yeah. as well. But um, I think there's so much we will discover there and explore together that it feels really important to share it with other people. Yeah, it's so exciting, isn't it? I mean, uh, could I go? Yeah, possibly. I'd, I'd, I'd love the adventure of it, I think. I'm not. How long are you going to be there for? We're away in total for about a month. So in Antarctica for around three and a half weeks. Mm, okay. It's not that long, actually. And we have quite a lot of distance to cover. We, it's around 150 kilometres each direction to the Pole of Possibilities. So to get there and back, we have 300 kilometres to do. So there won't be too much hanging around. We'll have a day or two when we get there just to finalise our packing, decide exactly what we're taking with us and then begin. So It's so exciting. It's so exciting. But you're, you're absolutely right about all the factors that are so important. Looking after environment. We all see the film all the time of the ice caps melting and no homes for beautiful creatures like polar bears and penguins. So it's it's such an important thing that you're doing. Um, particularly the area we're going to, the western ice shelf of Antarctica is um, is the, probably the part of the world that could have the most impact on the rest of the world. Um, with the seas warming, the western ice cap is at a kind of tipping point. So it's likely that we've maybe gone too far already and that point will tip, but that will mean that global sea rise will be up to about 10 metres when that tipping point arrives. So. It's been a big decision to even go to Antarctica. It's like really weighing up the impact of that. We will be carbon negative in our approach, 
but it's also just such a you know we we are living in a fragile world and so I think more and more we need to be really mindful of the decisions that we're making about what we're doing and the impact or the positive impact that we could have and offsetting that against other factors. Yeah yeah it's a it's a difficult one isn't it should you travel should you fly should you drive you know should we be taking far-flung holidays this this I think is different this is important research and I really hope that someone Netflix or Prime or someone picks it up and makes that film because it would be fascinating to be able to see it well, we have got an interview with Sky News coming up so at least there's some mm. some interest starting to uh, mm. arrive yeah that's good for them to see it isn't it and will on um Wednesday will the um Zoom be recorded yeah yeah good. so if people miss it then they can catch up and watch yeah. it yeah. Make sure it's and it also clips could be taken out to be used on social media and that sort of thing. That's brilliant. Tell us, um, because the eye in ice is is inner gold, and I know gold me is is a huge thing for you, isn't it? Tell us more about your history with gold. <laughs> I didn't really plan on gold being a huge thing, but yes, um, I began life as a well, maybe not began life, but my studies were in geology and almost by accident, because I, I actually started studying medicine. I really thought I wanted to be a doctor and then somehow changed my mind and became a rock doctor and studied gold in the Bolivian Andes. But that gold was completely invisible. It was hidden in the lattice of minerals. So even in the three years that I was studying, I never actually saw gold until the final few weeks when I finally saw a speck of it under a really high-powered microscope. Little did I know that I would become paralysed and then go on to become a Paralympic athlete. So obviously that led to about 13 or 14 years pursuing gold medals. Um, and then a, a kind of interesting thing happened with the gold medal in Rio. It was the 79th medal for Britain. And this number 79 had kept cropping up all summer. And then I realised that 79 is the atomic number of goals. And I, it just surrounded me. So it's like my whole life just became... I had filled it with gold in the run up to Rio to try and imagine and visualize and manifest a gold medal, but then it can't continue to keep arriving in this in in the in in the form of this number. So um I've now I now coach people and speak and I'm just starting to run some retreats or set some up for, for next year around finding your inner gold and helping people just connect more with that joy and the, the the flow that we all have inside us when we, we can we, we can enable ourselves to be the best of ourselves and shine more brightly than sometimes life circumstances might take that tarnish away and things get a little bit tough yeah yeah it's very easy isn't it to let small things especially when there's a number of small things to pull you down and really we have to you sort of rise above and say stay positive and obviously the E and I, the environment, we, we don't even need to go there really because we all know how important it is today. And we all need to play our part. There's so much that we can do as individuals to um, help to protect the environment before, it, as you say, it, it, it's too late. Sorry, about environment, I'm, in respect to the polar possibility, we're thinking obviously about the natural environment and looking after it. But also I think just noticing our local environments. And by that, you know, what is our space like? Who do we surround ourselves with? How much time do we spend connecting with nature? How much of our life is kind of man-made? And those environments just 
around us can have a huge impact on how we feel and our ability to find that shiny part of ourselves which exists but sometimes gets hidden so yeah all kinds of I think we're talking about environment in, in the, all of its facets if yeah. you like yeah yeah and that's that's actually a really good point isn't it because sometimes people can't find their own inner goal because they're surrounded by toxic people but you know even there really it's within us to to be able to move on or I remember once um hearing a woman in a in a on a course say um when someone was talking about being positive um what do you do if the person who is the most toxic in your life is is your husband or your partner and the guy on stage said change your partner or change your partner (laughs) and I just thought it was it was you know such a good way of putting it trying to encourage them to change or you know out the door sort of thing um I suppose suppose when things are difficult around us it's always an opportunity to look inside ourselves as well it's very it's very easy for us to make it about the other person um it's just navigating that line isn't it about how much can I learn from the situation and grow in the situation and and often it's more about us being um brave enough to perhaps challenge someone on their narrative on their way of being because we're perhaps afraid of upsetting the peace and harmony so it's not I don't think it's always about getting rid of the other person sometimes it's just about being brave enough to challenge the status quo and get everybody out of their comfort zone perhaps yeah to uh, see where that goes yeah having that having those those difficult conversations no you're 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 right do you want to tell us a bit more about the other two people in the team how i mean we've got mike webster who is your um yeah so mike is it's really interesting because mike has wanted to do this ever since he heard about it from the very beginning he was involved really in a very in quite a voluntary capacity, or at least for almost no money, making some of the stories about people that had done their own Quest 79 challenges, something that got them out of their comfort zone. So Mike was always fascinated in coming to Antarctica, but the challenge for him is he's never, ever been on skis until January. Uh, He's never been into such an extreme environment as this. And clearly when you're filming, there's a lot more to, to manage in terms of equipment and batteries and just attention to a, a professional job that you're doing rather than just to looking after yourself. So he's got a lot on his plate, but he's trained really hard this winter. He's been training regularly physically as well as thinking through all of the kit and all of the decisions to make around that. So it's great to have seen him just come from this kind of spark of an idea and this huge desire to making it into a reality. And then Professor Mike, he is a professor of geography at um, Aberystwyth University. His specialist topic is the value of nature. He's involved in worldwide panels, looking and researching into how we value nature and the importance of it to all kinds of different facets, from our well-being through to uh, mental health, through to economic factors, all kinds of Um, facets of the value in nature so Mike was a friend of mine from university I've known him for years and he actually trained with me 10 years ago for the pole of possibility when we didn't manage to bring it to fruition so he's kind of been part of that journey for a long time now and all of the team are Scottish based so it's uh it's kind of nice that we have the the, that area in common and yeah it's going to be a pretty fascinating and special experience to share it together yeah no that's amazing and how lovely that these 
people, well, especially Mike has been there through thick and thin. I'll have to um, get my daughter who's who's just graduated in wildlife conservation and is very much into anything to do with the environment. I'll have to get her to register and I think she'll be at work, but she can watch the replay afterwards. And Karen, Karen, tell us a little bit about the sponsors. Who are they and what are the funds going to be used for? Well, we're very fortunate to have some, um, a few companies on board who've been incredibly supportive of our vision. Our major sponsor is a French company actually called Cinequa. They design um, software, search engine solutions for businesses, sort of intranet style things to help manage knowledge. So Cinequa have just been fantastic in putting up um, almost 50% of the funds for our project. And alongside another company who have supported me right through my Paralympic journey called Bebron. So Bebron Medical, they design surgical equipment and lots of things for personal care. So I use quite a lot of their products like catheter, washers, um, products to help me with my personal care. So, yeah, there are two major sponsors. And then we, we we're fortunate to have some other some others on board who just really have aligned with our vision and that we just think are fantastic. And the funds to get to Antarctica, it's really a, an expensive place to get to. If you go there on a on a ship, on a on a cruise ship to the peninsula, then it's a little bit more affordable, but still expensive. But we're going right into the heart of Antarctica to get to the intersection of 79 and 79. So it's logistically very complex. And if you're not with a national science project, you have to use one of a few Antarctic logistics companies to get there. So that's where most of our funds are going. And if anything is left over, it will be used for the film. And then if anything's left over, we will. We're, we're partnered with um, a charity in Scotland called the Polar Academy, who help young people believe in themselves and take journeys in polar environments to, to and but that really they work with kids in schools over a year to help them get access to nature, to develop self-confidence, fitness, team, all these kinds of things to really help young people develop that strength and confidence in themselves. So yeah, we've got quite a few partnerships going on and it's been really special to travel the journey with with all of them. Yeah, some amazing, amazing projects there. Um, working with teens and self-esteem and that sort of thing is is such a key thing today, I think. I, I hear of them all the time, ones that are really, really struggling and just need that little bit of help. And um, and I'm sure I've told you before, Arb on the company I run my business through, we have our own charitable foundation, which helps teens. Um, so amazing, amazing. Karen, it, it just sounds so exciting. I will put lots of I think scared excited is the word that I know. (laughs) There's lots of excitement, but there's also for me, I to be safe in this extreme environment, I have to really take care of a lot of detail, right down to things like the catheters that I use, the model, the kind of um material that they're made of to make sure no joints in the system like it's kind of like having your own plumbing system to manage these things so I just have to pay a lot of attention to detail that nothing goes wrong because in that environment even the smallest thing going wrong could mean a very serious situation so attention to detail isn't my strong point so I'm calling on (laughs) all of my superpowers right now to take care of things that normally I find a little bit more difficult (laughs) yeah I never thought about that actually but you're right so um the fact that you can't feel the temperature of your especially your legs and your feet um that's a really big thing in being in that sort of environment isn't it 
Yeah, so my key challenges that the others won't have the same challenge with are when you're paralyzed, you can't regulate your body temperature. So below my chest level, I can't constrict or dilate my blood vessels. So I'm at risk of hypothermia, at risk of cold injury, frostbite and so on. So I can't feel below that level. Um, also risk of pressure sores. So I've done some work mapping the pressure under my bottom to make sure that I have very special cushions to sit on, which will minimize the pressure on my sit bones. Because in a sit ski and on a bike, the, the distribution of pressure is quite different to being sat in my wheelchair. And then of course there's bladder and bowel management in such an extreme environment, which uh, and because we're in Antarctica and it's a precious place and is protected by the Antarctic Treaty, it means that we'll be carrying out everything with us. So that makes it even more interesting on that front. Yeah, so you've got a lot more equipment than than anyone else will have to take with you because you've got all the medical stuff that you'll need as well. Sorry if anyone can hear a dog barking. My dog is determined he wants to get into my office and the door's shut. (laughs) He wants to join us. He knows Karen. He can probably hear her voice. No, it's it's all fascinating, fascinating. And maybe we can get you back on afterwards to tell us how it went. But before you go, just tell us, I know we're running out of time a little bit, but just tell us how you found the training when you were in Norway. Well, I'm pleased to say that we had a meeting with our, with the, with the Antarctic Logistics Company. We were arranged up in just a few evenings ago and they've promised that they don't think it will be as cold as it was in a, in a Norwegian winter so this winter training in Norway we were really high up on a plateau called the Hardangavida plateau we had three training trips there and at one point it was around minus 30 and that was without the wind chill so really dark really cold and to be honest I remember just shivering in my sleeping bag thinking oh my goodness what have I let myself in for here and so I think being an Antarctic summer when we're there, hopefully it might not be quite as cold, at least not in the tents, because it'll be 24 hour daylight and sunshine on there. So hopefully our training may have been the hardest bit. I mean, we were really putting in at least 20 kilometers per day of a really tough terrain and um, on a huge steep learning curve with Mike and Mike. So yeah, hopefully the real thing might not be quite as difficult, but we'll reserve judgment and see how it goes. <laughs> that's that's fantastic. Oh, I shall keep my fingers crossed that they have a good summer there, which I know they probably don't want too good a summer there, but just for, just for that few weeks um, so that it's not too cold. Karen, thank you so much for joining us today. I will um, post all the links and the details in the show notes. And please, please come back on after the expedition and tell us all about it. Thanks, Jill. I look forward to it. Thank you so much. Thanks so much for listening to this week's show. Check out all the links to the resources mentioned in today's episode and all my freebies in the show notes. See you next time.